other stuff. Okay. Oh, God. Um, Why do I have so many things to do? Oh, God. Okay. I'm just going to close everything. Don't open your to-do list. I wasn't opening my to-do list. I was opening something I need to talk about on the show. Can I tell you about this thing? Yes. Please tell me about this thing. I'm curious. Okay, Habby, this hit me yesterday. Yes, just yesterday. This is like recent news. Mm -hmm. This hit me the same way that the Enneagram hit me. Like this (gasps) is the level. Just I can't stress the level to which that this like came at me. This information came at me and I feel like, wow, I can't believe that I didn't know this about myself before. Or like this is such useful language. So. Okay, tell me. I had um this was this was a while ago so the, I have to start at the beginning. I um I feel like we know we know that I'm a talk thinker. This is what I've always <laughs> called it of like <laughs> it's helpful for me to talk stuff out when I'm trying to think through something. This is the best way to do it. I feel like that we have a podcast, we'll do many hour <laughs> conversations. Maybe you're a talk thinker too. <laughs> possible, very possible. Very possible. I was in um, like a very formal training session at work. This was a while back. And the woman running the coaching session is like so experienced and she coaches a bunch of executives. And there was a group of us. And I was trying to respond to something. And I said, as someone who likes to think things through by talking them out, I'm sure that there's a better word for this. And she just jumps in and says, verbal processor. And I kind of like oh, that's a fancy word for, that's a better word than talk thinker, right? Like verbal (laughs) processor sounds a lot more official for sure. Great. And I never really looked into it. And then yesterday I was thinking about tweeting something out about the the term verbal processor. And then I was like, wait, maybe I should Google this. Like, is this just, is this a thing thing? Or is this her making talk thinker a better like branding? (laughs) And I looked it up and it is a thing thing. And I read this blog post and it was like six signs that you're a verbal processor. And absolutely every single one was like bang on for me. And and like not all of them are great, but like, you know, which is kind of like the Enneagram. Like it's not like they're all good. It's just like they're true. And it's just really, I know. True, but not necessarily flattering. It's like, oh, really? Did you have to go there? Do we need to write it? Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. It was so wild. It was so wild. Can I read these out to you? Oh, please do. Yeah. I think that you will agree that most of these are pretty spot on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm probably going to be outed on the show, by the way. This oh, is yeah. Impact, we'll see if you're so... also a verbal processor. Yeah. Um, okay. The first one was you say everything that pops into your head. <laughs> I do. And that's a problem. <laughs> Yesterday, I talked to Ikea shelves I was putting together. Yeah, go on. (laughs) I do that. I actually apologize to the dogs and the cats if I like bump into them accidentally. And now I didn't realize that that I did this. Oh, that is just good manners. I agree fully with that. But I'm always talking is what I'm trying to say. And then I realized (laughs) that like my two-year-old is a little copycat and she's now apologizing all the time to the animals. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is like a combo of like having a mom who talks all the time and having a Canadian mom. And now you're apologizing (laughs) to the pets all the time. Oh, I think that's good manners. 
I agree. <laughs> um, okay. So you say everything that pops into your head. Do you think that's true for you too? Um, when I was younger, definitely. I think in my old age, I'm a little bit more reserved with sometimes. I do feel like but, I've gotten better at it too. Yeah. 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 Definitely. This is, yeah, this is definitely more in the true category than like not true category. <laughs> okay. The second one is you need to talk three, you need to talk things out to get clarity. So oh my true God. for me. I mean, we've had these moments on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't tell you how often as I lay out a problem to someone to talk it through to someone, I've already understood it myself mm, because yep. just by laying yep. it out in a way where I can actually explain it to someone, I've figured out what's the next step. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but no, I have the exact same thing. It's like, it. this is verbal processing. You are processing be, while you're talking. This is yeah. how, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. That's that's how I see it, at least. So, yeah. And I think I'm curious if this also works for verbal and written communication, because I we used to call it, we used to have a, in my old, old job, the one I had back in London, which was like a tech company where the majority of the com communication happened over Slack. I cannot tell you how many times this happened, not just to me, but to like other people on the team. You would like formalize a question, ask it in Slack, and then like a second later, somebody would be like, "Oh, never mind," <laughs> because <laughs> just the the matter of asking out the question made them like understand it. And this happened to me like a million times. We called it like the Slack syndrome or something. I've heard that a lot of people that's why they prefer async written communication because it forces you to think everything through while mm. you're writing it out, and then you can often like answer your own questions or come to better conclusions than. Yeah. Not. Okay. Number three is you have strong verbal communication skills. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like we wouldn't be able to have a podcast if we wouldn't. Exactly. And also I do talking engagements. Oh yeah. You know, I've been booked on like same day talking engagement. I'm like, yeah, no problem. You know, <laughs> whereas yeah. other people get like really nervous about it. And I totally understand that this is not like everyone's strength but yeah this is definitely a strength and definitely a mm -hmm. strength of yours as well yeah I I agree I agree okay fourth one is <laughs> I laughed at this because I didn't really think of it as a thing and then I was like oh yeah I guess that is a thing um it says you're comfortable or you're okay with plans changing frequently and drastically <laughs> that's uh, does it have any like additional context there this is a tricky one because it's multidimensional. On the one hand, verbal processors tend to always have a goal or a plan. You aren't the type to go where the wind takes you, but rather like having control over everything or over your own destiny. Having said that, you're totally comfortable with plans changing so long as you are constantly learning and trying new things. Oh, this is 100% true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like 100%. I feel like mm -hmm. my chat, my plans never don't change. But like, there's still yeah. always like a plan, but it's like, it's changing all the time. But there's always a plan. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Always a plan. It resonates with me of the, like, you have a goal in mind. So this mm -hmm. is the thing is like, I don't really care how we get there so long as we get there. And if we're like 
changing stuff up. I think this, this drives my husband nuts, but like, I think (laughs) if there's like five things we need to get done and like some of them are timely and some aren't, I just consider them almost like blocks that you can just move around of like, okay, we'll do this one first actually. Mm -hmm. And then these two are closer together and like, then we'll do this. So yeah, I'm like that as well. Yeah. But I realize not everyone likes that. They like expectations, setting expectations and then sticking to exactly what we all agreed on, which is not me. No, I've also learned recently about myself is I am like, we talked about this off the recording just very recently that I, I'm i almost like a proposer of plans. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we could do things this way or we could do things the other way. And it's almost like I don't really care as long as we pick a way <laughs> to go forward. <laughs> but yes. I do this to us also all the time. I'm like, Haley, I know we have a plan. Let me just change the entire plan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But thankfully you're receptive to it also, which makes me very happy. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be, that's going to be related to the sixth one, I think. Okay. Um, Okay. But so the fifth one is you're comfortable talking to new people or anyone who will listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There's just no barrier for me. I'll just talk to whoever. I talked to someone at the store yesterday who was like, there was too many of us in the aisle. And I was like, oh, it's getting crowded in here. Like one of those like really like <laughs> unnecessary comments. <laughs> I feel like that's like an old lady thing to say. I know. I know. I also, he was just like, oh, I'm just trying to find deodorant. And I was like, oh, it's two aisles back. And he was like, thanks so much. Oh, and I was no. like. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, this is definitely, I, I only, this is the other thing is when you're, around a lot of people who are similar to you because I mean this this is my favorite my my boss is like a legend and this is my favorite interaction I have seen of his and we had an event which we do a lot of we had an event last year and there's maybe between 50 and 70 people there I don't have the exact number and there was a single person there that he didn't already know mm-hmm. so he walked up to them and he was uh- like hello this is my name. I work there. Who are you? <laughs> you like, why is there a person at this event that I don't already know? Well, I must change that immediately. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. And so because I'm around this a lot, I forget that this is hard for people sometimes. Mm. In a different situation, I was somewhere and a person was kind of put in the position where they would have to like greet people. And they were so overwhelmed and so uncomfortable. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh gosh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Why are you the one in this position? Why don't we just put someone who's comfortable in this position there? Because it's like, I'm very much in favor of like playing to people's strengths, you know, like don't force people to do something they don't like doing, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, no bar- barrier <laughs> to not get to people very much. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Same. Absolutely same. Okay. Last one. And this one, I don't think I, this is why I love this kind of stuff. I don't think I actually had the language for the fact that I didn't like this or mm-hmm. even identified it as a part of who I was or like my personality before reading this blog post. And so number six is you feel stressed by slow decision making. Oh my God. Yes. I know. I can't I know. stand that. I'm so sorry if anyone listening is like that that but yeah wow 
Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I feel like I'd never actually thought of that about myself. I've never thought like I feel stressed by slow decision making, but then it's true because I'm always talking stuff through while I'm talking it through, I'm making decisions. And so I'm just mm-hmm. expecting everyone else to be able to quickly make decisions as well. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. No. And I also, I, I think this is what I very awkwardly was trying to explain in the last episode. It's like when you're thinking through a plan, let's just turn it around and let's everyone move on. But some people mm-hmm. need to think it over and, you know, yeah. Oh, wow. So, okay. It sounds like you're also a verbal processor, which <laughs> I love and makes complete <laughs> sense to me the way we have a podcast. And it also makes sense to me by sometimes we end up in these like two or three hour calls where it's just us like making decisions and mm-hmm. like moving stuff forward for make yeah. work work. Yeah. No, we are definitely talkers in terms of moving things but I I feel like that is sometimes I've also Haley maybe you have some fancy language for this also (laughs) I noticed this about myself is that both when I was in school but also in meetings I feel like I don't need to take notes sometimes Mm. so I mean sometimes I do take notes because it's practical but I almost do it in service of others if it's like a work thing. But if it's just me, like for me, like being in the conversation is like, it's almost just like cataloging in my brain. And then if I need yeah. to write it up, I can like write up the meeting up afterwards. Um, but yeah. like, like I was in a meeting earlier today and we were like meeting, it's funny, it was like, Oh my God, that's a perfect example of just what we're talking about. It was a meeting with one of our partners and it almost had no agenda because it was just like, oh, here's things we're thinking about. What are things you're thinking of? How are we looking at the rest of the year? And it wasn't like a, let's just turn a bunch of things around kind of meeting. It was more just like a check-in type of meeting. Mm. And so we just kind of sat there and just talked for a while and I didn't take any notes. I'll probably just go to work tomorrow and be like, all right, you know, here's the things we were thinking about. Like, let me book a couple of follow-up meetings to kind of take some things forward. But yeah, Mm. I don't know if this is related. It's almost like my brain works in like a talky way sometimes. (laughs) A talking way. I don't know. I feel like that might be more memory-based potentially. I don't know. But I mean, I agree. I have really good recollection of conversations that I have. Oh, you are so good at that. Sometimes you're like, happy. I remember when back in 2014, you told me, and it's like hyper specific. And I'm like, I barely remember that myself. <laughs> you know? I don't know how, maybe that is part of being a verbal processor is like when stuff happens in a conversation, I tend to remember it better. Yeah. But I think I do take notes, but not. Um, I never reference them almost ever. <laughs> but do you do it out of habit or do you do it? Yeah. Do you take down action items or do you write down like, Joan said this and then David said this and, you know, or like. So I think it depends. I think it depends because I I do write down action items if there's stuff for me to do because I don't want to forget it. Mm-hmm. And I write down decisions sometimes just because mm-hmm. I want to have like the clarity of the wording around the decision. But then most of my meetings are on Zoom. So also sometimes I think I'm taking notes just to make sure that I'm staying focused. Oh, Versus right. in person, 
I often don't really need to take notes unless I'm in a conversation. I'll have a notebook with me. And if there's something I know I want to say next and I don't want to forget it, I'll like write it down so that I can then go back to focusing on the conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense but, yeah. if a lot of your yeah meetings are on Zoom. Um, I mean, all of my meetings are on Zoom. And I mean, I do write stuff down. It's not like I never write stuff down, especially action items. And often I take notes during meetings and stuff like that. And it's not that I don't like it, you know, especially if it's like, but I feel like there's different kinds of meetings. Some meetings are just kind of conversational and other meetings are like, all right, let's get a bunch of these action items down and let's put them in a structure and like, you know, you know, yeah. so it's obviously different. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. You're also a verbal processor. <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you is in wherever you found this description of verbal processors, like what are the other ones? Did you see that somewhere? Because now I'm really curious. Um, they don't say. It's just a blog post. It just says six signs you're a verbal processor. Because now like I'm really curious about like how other, like if, because I know a lot of people are not like this. <laughs> you know, I've <laughs> heard I'm talkative since I was like, three you know or whatever so <laughs> oh wait oh my god me too people used to like my mom says when I started talking I would just talk to myself she'd be like going around the grocery store getting groceries and I'd be like saying stuff that didn't and people be like how did you teach her to talk so quickly and she'd be like I didn't just set off a machine and she just keeps talking. yeah you just she's just doing this herself oh so I wonder if that's like I wonder if you can kind of like see verbal processors young because i also i wonder if because there's another thing i think about is it's almost like word based do you have like an inner monologue that just oh always (laughs) okay i found i found it oh you found Um, it i just googled and i found this blog post from 2011 but i think this is what you're talking about it says five communication styles you need to know okay and the first one is verbal processor which is talk through all decisions and ideas Mm-hmm. The second one is the ADD, attention deficit disorder, which is like okay. the sooner you get to the bottom line, the better. Oh my God. Wait, can you say that again? This just seems like, this just seems like one person's opinions. Wait, wait, wait. So people with ADD or ADHD, they want bottom line immediately? Yeah. This person often cannot focus on details and minutia and quickly disengages from you if you're too detailed. Sometimes you'll be in the middle of the sentence and they'll be like, hey, look, shiny. I feel like, okay, this is an old blog post. This isn't necessarily what we think. Um, More than once, I've had great strategic conversations walking through a mall with an ADD leader. The change in pace and scenery helped them stay on track for more than 10 minutes. Interesting. I know people who are definitely in this category who are, because I am like a storyteller Oh, and you lose them immediately? No, and they, or this is almost sometimes harder, is when they talk to me, they open on the bottom line. And I'm like, I have none of the contacts. Like, what does that even Mm. mean? They're like, and then it was yellow. And I'm like, what was yellow? Like, why (laughs) do I care about it? You know what I mean? Oh my God. Okay, what are the other, this is so interesting. What are the other ones? The, okay, I do want to say this does seem like it's just one 
person's opinion on what these are. I don't I think mean, any of these are based in science, but okay. That's totally the fine. The third one <laughs> that he lists, yeah, which I don't love, but the third one that he lists is the ADD texter, which is he's saying some of my clients have such difficulty focus they can't even stand reading through emails or sitting through meetings, so they love sending quick messages even for important subjects. Oh, God. I, yeah, okay, got it. The... Fourth one, I definitely know people who are like this. And so this is useful language. The fourth one is the mental processor. Yeah, they're internal. They are difficult to read. Mm -hmm. They might agree or disagree with your point. It's hard to keep the discussion moving forward since there's usually not much discussion. With this person, mm -hmm. you should make your best case and then follow up in a couple days after they've had a chance <laughs> to think through your proposal. Oh my God, this is so helpful. <laughs> I This person, I also find difficult because sometimes they get back to me and they're like oh I loved everything you said let's do it and I'm like but I couldn't get it from you at the time you know <laughs> yeah oh. yeah um okay last useful. one is the face-to-face -face feeler some people don't do well with phone or even video they need to feel the warmth of a visit and reconnect emotionally with you for them the success of a project or idea is tied to how they feel about it and about you I can't tell tell you how many times I've heard this just feels right when embarking into a pretty large project where the details were either sketchy or non-existent altogether. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. I'm curious if there's like a more official resource on this, but I feel like this is already extremely helpful. Just as like a mapping mechanism type of thing. Yeah, I fully agree. I feel like there has to be, there has to be more, there has to be more, but like mental processor, Verbal processor mm -hmm. is useful. Very useful. Yeah, because, because what I wanted to say about the other one is that I wonder if the verbal processor is almost like a more accurate or like more detailed way to put it is like word-based because mm -hmm. I feel like I definitely have an inner monologue and I write a lot to process also. Yes. Yeah, so there's like a... It doesn't necessarily have to be talked in words out loud to someone. It can also almost be like an inner monologue or like a writing type of thing. So I feel like text-based is, I feel like I would identify more closely with that. Um, but I mean, verbal also is entirely correct. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Another Another place just lists it as, external versus internal processing. Okay. That's actually really useful of like, I process stuff, we process stuff externally, primarily through talking, but also through writing versus people who process stuff internally, like mm, the mental processing. Yeah. Oh yeah, because even by writing it out, you're making it, ex even though it's private, it's still external. It's external, you're getting it out of your head, which I feel like is one of the mm. reasons we both love the morning pages. Oh my God, absolutely. Oh my God, this makes so much sense. Yeah, this wow. is really kind of all clicking together for me. Wow, this is why we love the morning pages. Oh my God, what a way to open the show with this new discovery. All right, should we move into some follow-up? Let's move into follow-up. So last episode, we talked about the Life Admin book. Fantastic, fantastic mm -hmm. book. Super happy that we had a chance to dive in. One of the things that we talked about was the concept that 
Elizabeth Evans talks about, which is called A Study Hall from Life Admin Book. And we reference it a couple times. And then we later realized that we didn't explain what it was. So, Habby, do you want to explain? Do you want to start with explaining what a study hall is? Yeah, this was a bit of an oversight on our behalf because we just were so excited about the concept of a study hall. We didn't explain what it is. Essentially, what this is, is that you get together with someone and you both do boring admin stuff together or Mm -hmm. fun admin stuff together. So it's very simple. And I don't know why, but in my mind, I just always kind of envisioned this over Zoom. (laughs) Maybe it's just because (laughs) I talk so much with Haley. But I guess you could also do this in person. And it's almost like an accountability partner where you're like, all right, next two hours, I'm dedicating to this admin and here's someone I'm going to do it with. So I just think the concept is so sweet and so cute. And I'm sure it can be virtual or in person. And she calls it a study hall, which is, it also makes me picture like a library with just like a bunch of students together, which is very cute. That's exactly what I pictured. I pictured study hall, like meet you at the library and we're both going to sit down at these like old wooden tables, benches, just kind of like get it done. Oh my God. You would have loved my old school library. (laughs) <laughs> I love most libraries. Next time you're in Iceland, I'm going to see if I can sneak you in there. Oh, yeah. It's very small, but it's very cute and very old. Sounds perfect. It sounds like a dream. <laughs> Maybe we can host a study hall there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can just be like, we're doing study hall here. <laughs> I used to like cram so hard for exams there. I would like... Yeah, there was like one exam season in particular. I'd like get there super early in the morning and just stay like throughout the whole day. So it was like a exam study hall. But this is not like that. This is just a study hall for admin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So study hall is essentially just keeping someone keeping you accountable and doing admin at the same time. It's a very cute yeah. concept. And so we're going to talk about study halls a little bit later. But first, we just wanted to define it since we didn't in the last episode. Yes. And then if we just go straight into what we want to talk about today, we got a lovely question from Simon, who was listening to the show. And it's very long, but it has a lot of interesting points in there. So we were thinking, maybe we just read the whole question and then talk it all the way through. Just over the whole episode. <laughs> like that's kind of our plan. Yeah. It's a really great question. And as we were breaking it down, there are so many things in there that were like, oh, we have a lot to say about this. We have a lot to say about this. So we'll just kind of do that point by point. But first we'll read the whole question so that everyone has all the context before we get into it. <laughs> yeah. And if it sounds like a lot, it is a lot, but we're also just gonna like go through it slowly. So it's it's gonna be fine. Um, And also, thanks for sending in such a good question. We love getting prompts like this from our listeners. So, yeah, keep them coming. Yeah. So the question is about electronic distractions. And so he says, how do you manage and what tips do you have for remaining focused when at work? Recently, I found myself constantly flipping between tasks and then working on an internet browser, nipping off to look at other web pages and then the other open app. Haley, I recall you work on a big screen and Habby, you're more laptop based. I just wondered if you found whether monitor size makes a difference. 
I tried a few things lately and found closing down Outlook and only checking emails a few times a day and only having the essential apps open like Spotify playing Iceland music playlists and Twitter list open for M work work. As strange as it sounds, one thing I've been trialing this week is Inflow, which is a virtual co-working platform where you sign up for 60 or 120 minute sessions where you're in a virtual room, say hello to other people and then work with cameras on, but no microphones. It kind of gives you that office feel, but without actually being in one. You never know. It could be the next make work work virtual group idea. And then he has three question marks, which I think is important <laughs> to include. <laughs> the enthusiasm is there. The enthusiasm is very much there. Thank you so much, Simon. Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I think maybe the best place to start is just on our approach to distractions. I think there's many different kinds of distractions and notifications and all that is definitely a big part of it. So, um, yeah, maybe that's a good place to just start. Like, how do we think about that in our, in our work? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's just, it is such a prevalent topic, I guess. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's so easy to get distracted, not just through our phones and stuff going on on the internet, but then in person also, Mm -hmm. especially for anyone who, I mean, anywhere, anywhere that you work, whether you're at home or you're in an office, like I think I initially preferred working from home because I feel like I get distracted less, but over Mm -hmm. time I've realized that that maybe that's not always necessarily true. I just thought that it was, I think I definitely have, I mean, I have no people around me most of the time, so I have fewer people around me, but I don't know if that means that there are fewer distractions necessarily. So Yeah, I think there's a lot on this topic. I actually sometimes find um, electronic distractions easier to manage than (laughs) in-person distractions because like I work in an office, well, we just moved offices. So now it's actually a lot better. But in our old office, there was just, we we were sharing a space. We were four companies sharing one space and there was just constant people coming to one of our offices and people talking and then you would know the people coming in and like that actually sometimes I found harder to manage than the electronic because at least you could just put your phone down but Mm. you can't like you can't throw someone out of the door that just walked in you know (laughs) not often at least (laughs) (laughs) I think this is just it is like I always used to think that working from home meant I'm in a cave and like nothing can distract me and I can always focus. But I think maybe I just have other strategies for focus and avoiding distractions. And so it doesn't, it's just a little easier for me at home. But, but, um, Simon was talking specifically, he asks about electronic distractions. So maybe Habby, I'd be really curious about your approach or your like philosophy. So actually, this is a nice follow up from the last episode, just as a topic, because I feel like I mentioned how I have just notes in different places. And I feel like essentially what I have is a never ending workload. (laughs) Like I always have more emails. I always have more tasks. I always have more admin. I always have more make work work stuff I could do. There's just Mm. I, I never get the feeling of like. Hmm. Today I've just done everything. Like <laughs> that is I'm never done with my emails. I'm never done with my tasks. I'm just I'm just never done. 
And so what I've learned is first of all, to accept that as my life, Mm. I am never done. This actually comes into, I don't remember if we ever covered Strength Finder really. Yeah, we did. We did. I think we did. Deep session on it. Yeah. There was um, a Strength Finder strength that is something like the activator or something or like, oh, or the achiever. I have like one of those. Mm-hmm. And we both have it's that said one. on there, I wish I'd pulled this up, but it's said on there, except that you're always just going to be discontent by the amount of stuff you complete because you're just never going to be happy, essentially. <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> And so that is, my, that. <laughs> that is my life. Um, and so a big step forward for me was, well, that is my life. I'm never going to be happy by the amount of stuff that I've done because I always feel like I haven't done enough. So just accept that as your life. Okay, so deep breath. But what the, the problem in that is that it's very easy to walk into the office and be like, well, what the, what on earth am I supposed to do? Like, do I work on this project or this other project or do I do my emails or like, where do I even begin? So yeah, yeah. I feel like the way for me to kind of get a handle on that is that I used to try, this is what I used to try. I used to try to get everything done. Now I feel like I've accepted, I can't get everything done. So actually my daily journal is what helps me with this. Mm. And what I do now is I just become very intentional. What am I going to do today? What is my focus? And that's how I do it. I do it. I can, Do you want me to elaborate a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm super curious. Okay. So this is going <laughs> to, this is going to take some time <laughs> just to lay it out there. No, I'm super curious. Cause like, you know, we have a template for daily journal for anyone mm-hmm. who wants to check it out for Notion Daily Journal. But you can obviously, like, they're so flexible. You can obviously use it in different ways. Or, like, I use mine in a really specific way, too. So I'm just curious, like, how do you, not, like, exactly line by line how you set it up, but, like, what's your approach? Okay, so I'm only going to talk, we, we probably needed to do a whole episode on my full daily journal, but I'm just going to talk about the first part of it that kind of is related to this and that is, and again, because my plans are always changing, <laughs> like we discussed <laughs> in the beginning of the show. Um, so my plans are always changing. So what I've done also, because my office is so hectic and in wild environments, I can't trust that I have necessarily space there because sometimes I'm working mm. with my team. Sometimes I have meetings all day. Sometimes people show up and I didn't know, and I'm pulled into conversation with them. Um, it drives sometimes people crazy because I can never just walk out of the office. It always takes me like 20 minutes because someone's like, Oh, happy, blah, 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 you know? So (laughs) yeah, that would not be my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, people have been angry because of that. Um, so, um, Essentially, I know as soon as I walk into the office, I almost lose a little bit of control over my day, even though I try. My first strategy was just like, oh, just try to have control. But now my strategy is like, you're going to not have control. That's very daily stoic of you, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. That's very like stoic in general. It was a whole process to get here. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, as you're like, I don't know how 
you operate in that kind of environment. But this is very stoic of you. I'm impressed. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> well, thank you. Because sometimes I felt like I was losing my mind. But we yeah. <laughs> it's been a journey to get here. Um, so what I do now is I reserve an hour in the morning that is just for me. So for a full hour in the morning, it can be used for morning pages. It can be used for my daily journal. It can be used for literally whatever I have to do. This is before work, like before you go into work. This is before work. Okay. So normally I do it and people who listen know I am not even a morning person. So this <laughs> is like, this is how the situation was getting. I was like, I need space for myself that is still focused time. So it's normally mm. between seven and eight in the morning where I, what I love about this is like, it asks nothing of my appearance. <laughs> I can essentially <laughs> roll yeah. out of bed and still wear my pajamas. I normally make coffee. Sometimes I even have breakfast just as I like, I just have it next to me and I'm just like, and I have a full hour. And the first I have actually for my full daily journal, I have nine checks, but I'm just going to talk about the first one. And the first one is just plants are good. Oh <laughs> and my then I have gosh. to check it. <laughs> and um, I normally start with morning pages. But what's really interesting is what I do this online. I used to do my morning pages by hand, but I do this online. And it's so interesting because if something is really top of mind for work, I do work stuff in this hour. And sometimes I've done make work work stuff in this hour. Sometimes I've just, if something like in my personal life is going on, I have no expectations of the output of this hour. It's just an hour for myself. Sometimes nothing happens and I'm just like, you know, morning pages, just like blah, blah. And it's all kind of garbage. So there's just no expectations. It's just a reserved hour for just myself and my computer and my coffee. And the first check is plants are good. So what I do mm -hmm. is I look at my calendar and then I see what do I have on today. And because all my plants are always moving, <laughs> like us are, mm -hmm. I have to move something around or I have to double confirm something or whatever. And then actually this is, I'm sure you'll find this interesting, Haley. I have a little toggle that says if this is a day of collaboration or a day Ooh. of production. Ooh, I so, do like that. Mm -hmm. So I essentially, because long-term, long-time listeners will know that I used to kind of do collaboration in the morning and production in the afternoon, where like I would do my emails and all that stuff in the morning. And then I would try to like anything I had to kind of produce myself, I would do that in the afternoon. That system just doesn't work for me anymore. It doesn't scale. And sometimes I'm at a conference and just like, it doesn't work. So I prefer... Just to be like, if I have a chaotic day, just full of meetings and I have to work, you know, with the people in my office and stuff, I just write it off as a day. I mean, I don't write it off, but I just mark the day as a day of collaboration. Mm. And then I don't even attempt to do anything that is me producing something. Interesting. I feel like that's yeah. the right way to do it. I Yeah. yeah. I have some parallels to this in the way that I operate. Oh, so, yeah. I'm super curious to hear how this. you do it. So yeah, so I just essentially set my intention for the day. And then I actually, 
well, my initial system was just to market with between those two. I've added more types of days I can have. I have like a travel day, an admin day and stuff like that. But my main one is like production or collaboration. And then if it is a day of uh, collaboration, I have prompts to prep my meetings. And so then I use the hour to prep my meetings. And I swear to God, Haley, this <laughs> is a life changer. This is the best thing I have done. I've done this this whole year. I have written full-on strategies for huge projects in this hour. I have wow. written because it's between seven and eight o'clock in the morning. No one is awake. No one is calling me. No one is texting me. Like nothing is happening. And often I'm able to just to turn huge things around because I'm so focused and also I'm so tired at this hour. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like, I actually think it's good for my brain because my brain doesn't go scattered all over the place. It just mm. stays on task. And so, but sometimes I just do morning pages and sometimes I read like daily stoic and do like that kind of stuff. And then it's, if it's a day of production, I sometimes end up like prepping that. But what I love about this hour is there's no expectations. There's no like, oh, you have to get this done. And sometimes like I don't manage it. Like sometimes there's like things happening and I can't do it, but I love to do it. And I'm, I've been pretty consistent this whole year with it. And I love it. And so then by the time I go into the office, I just, I'm not as distracted because if it's going to be a busy day on like external communication front, I don't feel like guilty that I'm not doing something else because I've kind of already set it up. And that's when I also like, if I have some downtime, I clear my notifications on social media, whatever. And then if it's a day of production and Haley can attest to this, I am like not super fun to be around. <laughs> Like, <laughs> no, you're just like in the mo, in the zone. Like, mm -hmm. do not distract me. I like, I just put my headphones on and I feel like I've trained everyone in my life that like, don't expect a quick reply from me. Like, I, it's just, I get too many messages on all platforms. I'm just not a quick replier anymore. I used to be, but I'm just not anymore. I feel like I've set that expectation with everyone in my life too, of just like, I am... I don't reply quickly. And I think it's healthier. I think it's healthier. Mm -hmm. I prefer it. And so I think because that's my general approach that I just kind of set up my day really intentionally, it also really helps with distraction. Because then I also think there is stuff I have to do on my phone. I work in, you know, promotion. So I'm sometimes doing stuff on Instagram and things like that. And then as soon as you become active on any of these platforms, you get like the replies and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't feel guilty because I'm like, it's actually also my job to be visible in some way. And so all these interactions actually are part of it. And I don't feel like I'm like wasting time just scrolling, whatever. So yeah, it's really helped yeah. with mainly just peace of mind. And then and then, yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. You know, it's a process. It's a journey, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's hard for everyone. I. It's just like a constant. It's not something that, I don't know. It's not something no. I believe that you can ever just be like, okay, fixed it. It's just something that you adjust over mm -hmm. time and slowly get better at because the distractions change too. Like this is ever shifting. 
Yeah. And then as also like, because sometimes distractions are something happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's useful. It's necessary to be distracted. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like when we like, because like I said, like I was just moving, like that was a whole thing. And I mean, of course I got distracted from work because I was like in the process of moving, but it was also my choice to move, you know? So it's like, yeah. Be- by being intentional with it, it's also like easier, like mentally to be like, well, I'm essentially taking a hit on work so I can move and it's a trade-off and like, hopefully I'm able to manage it enough. So it's not like not too bad for my work, but it's just, there's always a trade-off somewhere. Yeah. I think that, I think that intentional element that you're talking about is so Mm -hmm. key is like, because you've prepped the day and you Mm -hmm. know, I love that you have like, what kind of day is it going to be? And then you have these broad themes, like it's going to be this kind of day. It's almost like the expectations are set and you don't, yeah, you don't need to be hard on yourself. And then you also know what the priorities are for the day. Yeah. And it's so fun because I actually love almost, I mean, I love collaborating with people and working with people, but I love production I love writing stuff I love making the show with you like I love those kind of tasks yeah and it was a period when I just started doing this actually where I just had collaboration like every day was a day of collaboration and I actually noticed I became really drained so Mm. because it's a notion database yeah I can just see I can just look and see what my last two weeks or the whole year or whatever has looked like and And that also helps with work because I can just say like, hey, I really need to turn these two things around. I'm just going to work from home for the next two days to do this production work. And because it's so clear, everyone is like, yeah, of course, you know? Yeah. Yeah. God, the power of Notion databases is like unparalleled. (laughs) But then also the power of just having clarity in that distinction of how you're trying to spend your days and that you have all these things that fall into a category that you haven't had time for recently. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Stuff is the best. So how's your house? Do you want to talk about your notions stuff or does your answer to Simon's question not really touch on that or? No. Yeah. Just in terms of like my philosophy to distractions, I think also comes to notion for me. So I'm happy to, I mean, I have like an overall approach. Uh, but it also involves Notion. So <laughs> of that. course it does. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it involves, both of us involves Notion. So um, first of all, just with distractions in general, I completely agree with what you're saying, which is essentially that if you've planned and prioritized, it's a little bit easier to avoid mm-hmm. distractions in my experience because you have like a purpose I find Mm -hmm. I get distracted if I don't have a purpose or like if I'm lacking clarity or if I have too many things to do and I can't figure out which one to do first, then because I haven't planned and I haven't prioritized it, then I'll maybe just do none of them, which is obviously a terrible option, (laughs) but it is an option that pops up anyways. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time doing that. It's just too many things on. And then you're almost like paralyzed because you don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the way. So I also lean in to Notion Daily Journal. Um, It's just the best system for me. Mm -hmm. Mine is, my setup is a little bit different, of course. Like, so I plan 
not plan necessarily. So I do weekly planning, which we talked about a little bit last time. And there's a blog post on like my weekly planning where I'll do high level priorities for the week every Sunday. And that is across all things, life, work, side projects. I'll just make sure that I have my high level priorities for the week in like a weekly agenda is the database that I have a notion for that. And then I have a daily journal. So it's connected with the weekly journal. And for every single day that I'm working, I don't always do it on weekends. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And honestly, sometimes I don't do it on work days if there's just too much chaos. But that's part of the reason that there is so much chaos is because I didn't set up my Notion Daily Journal also. So it's kind of like they're tied together. But I start the day with setting up a daily journal. And I'll do this like probably in the first hour that I'm awake every day for the most part. And I I use almost exactly the template that we have on the Make Work Work website. Um, they only, I think I've made some iterations since then. I just don't remember what all of them are. But the biggest things that I do is that the day before at the end of my Notion Planner are checks for assign my top three priorities for tomorrow in Todoist and review oh, my calendar nice. for tomorrow. So I do <gasps> that at so the nice. end of the previous day. I already have my top priorities in Todoist and I know my calendar is aligned. So when I start a new day, the checks that I'm looking at, I just have this, I just have these two like boxes essentially. And one of them says, what am I optimizing for today? And then the other thing says, what's the one thing I want to get done today? And That's it's so, so nice. interesting because this question of like, what am I optimizing for today? I feel like sometimes the answer ends up being a little bit similar to your your distinction between like collaboration versus production. And so like sometimes what I'm optimizing for is just being really present in meetings and making sure that I'm like, you know, just very fully aware in all the meetings that I'm in because I know I'm going to be in a lot of meetings. And then other times it's making sure that I have the space that I get into a flow for deep work and then I'm on top of my deep work. And then the what's the one thing question is always really useful for me because I want to do everything and I'm not great. <laughs> That's not realistic. And so I almost need to focus of like, okay, what is the one thing that I need to get done today and that I want to happen? And it's just helpful to remind myself of that at the beginning of the day. So I have that set up in Notion and sit like pretty much very similar situation of I feel like doing my weekly planning and then doing my daily journal is sort of the way to stay focused. I do keep all of my tasks in Todoist. The way that I look at it is that Notion is for planning and Todoist is for executing. So I have all the stuff that I need to do in Todoist. But um, yeah, I it I need the direction of Notion almost to like focus me or else sometimes there's a little bit too much in there. Although I, I've been trying really hard not to have there be too much in there. It's just... It's just so easy for there to be too many things to do. Yeah. I feel like this was just, I'm so grateful to, Haley, you keep bringing these things to me. Like the language of, you know, strength finder in this case being like, you're just a type of person who thrives on being active and busy and doing a million things. And because you have that personality, you're... You're just going to be like feeling like you haven't done enough. Like that is just who you yeah. are. It sounds like not a fun place to be, to be honest, if you say it like that. <laughs> but, you know. It's good to accept it, though. 
yeah, it was just so helpful to be like, oh, this feeling of being like, oh, I can't. And the daily journal, Haley, is just such a game changer for me because then I try to kind of like, it's almost just like a scrap paper. I actually don't use it as like a connected databases type of thing. I almost use it as a scrap piece of paper. I just throw stuff in there during the day and like the quick things I can just like write down and like check off, like they all go in there. And then if things are left over, which there are always things left over, like then I can move them into a system. Mm. But like, it's, it's just like a scrap piece of paper that I have. I can just throw, sometimes there's almost nothing in there. Sometimes there's like a million things in there and it doesn't have the pressure of being like, oh, I have to perfectly tag it and categorize it and put it in the correct place and tag all my collaborators yeah. and blah, 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 because there's just always going to be too much on. And because especially by doing this, like when I start my mornings, like I'm not looking at any of my systems. I'm just looking at my morning pages. Yeah. And so then I just write and then it automatically surfaces like the important things. And I everything you said about like focus like brings clarity and clarity helps with like distractions is so true because when I'm focused, it's actually a little bit hard to distract me because I'm like, don't touch me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I'm in the zone. <laughs> I'm in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if just to come back to that concept of like being an external processor, because I do something really similar with the daily journal, sometimes I'll just throw things in there or sometimes lately I've started doing this. It's so different for me. I will grab a journal and I'll just write out, okay, I have two hours. What do I want to do? And sometimes I'll do it in notion. Sometimes I'll do it in a journal just because I need to think through what I'm going to do. But I find with to do is just like, okay, great. I have this list of all these things that I need to do, but they're not necessarily like they're organized by priority. And I have a lot of filters set up and I have a lot of different things set up, but still it's sometimes just useful to say, okay, I have an hour of time. How am I going to spend it? Jot those things down quickly in Notion so that I don't lose track and then just action that plan. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's just helpful to think that stuff through sometimes versus just going to my to-do list. I think the other thing that I do is... I've been thinking of this a lot lately is I feel like there are different, you're going to love this. <laughs> you probably have more language around this than I do <laughs> is I feel like there are different types of work that I have that I'm trying to categorize a lot differently. Like sometimes I add something to Todoist. It's just a reminder. It's like a quick slack ping, but I need to write it down or I'm going to forget it. And I have to do it Thursday, not today. And like for a variety of reasons, it's in the to-do list. And then there's bigger tasks in there too. And so lately what I try to do is like a check-in with like, what's the current state that I'm in? Do I, mm. am I in a good spot to do some deep work and can I grab a big task and do that? Or do I need to warm up and get like three or four little tasks done that are just like quick ones that I can power through quickly before I get into this sort of flow state. Um, and then on that note, I actually saw this fantastic blog post about setting a mood for deep work. And I've been trying to follow that and it's been working really well for me. So oh. the concept of deep work is just like, you're really getting into a focused state. You're spending, you're spending your time like really focused on one task or one problem or one challenge. Would you say, is there another better way to describe that happy before I move mm -hmm. on? 
No, that sounds, yeah, I think that sums yeah. it up. It's just like when you're hyper-focused on just like one thing, it's often like a problem-solving kind of task or a creative task or something when like your focus is the priority. Like you, you, you're you not collaborating. You're just on your own, in your own head, essentially. Yeah, and so Cal Newport has written a lot about deep work. If you want to read more about it, we'll put it in the show note in the show notes. But so... Sahil Bloom wrote this blog post, this this by him, and it's called Flow State Boot Up Sequence. And oh, I cool. really never thought of this before. But he talks about the idea that to get into a really good, like deep work state, it's useful to have a boot up sequence, which is a fixed set of actions and environmental cues that mentally and physically mark the start of your work session. So I'm obsessed with this. And he uses the, or like what he recommends at least is using the five senses. So using sound, smell, touch, taste, and sight. And so I now have like a preferred boot up sequence for when I'm trying to get into deep work. And this, this works for me for if I'm trying to do writing or if I'm trying to do a really big task at work, I know like, okay, sound, I'm going to put on brain FM. That's like my favorite one. And I'm going to, for smell, I light a candle. I have a candle in my office. And like, sometimes I feel like, oh, we're lighting the candle. This is serious. Like <laughs> I need to like get <laughs> That's focused. That's so smart. And yeah. then um, for touch, I do a fresh sit down. So I'll like leave my office and then come back and like do a, like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like a fresh, <laughs> I'm sitting down at my office. I'm not just That's like, so now I'm starting this and I'm still in the same position. Um, for taste, I almost always, almost, almost always Earl Grey tea. Just I think sometimes the smell of Earl Grey tea too. So maybe it's a little bit both. <laughs> but I'll just be drinking Earl Grey just tea. Just put you in focus mode. <laughs> yeah. And then for sight, um, I almost always do focus mode at my desk. And I'll like close all other tabs and just have one thing in front of me on my monitor. And that's like <sighs> my flow state boot out sequence. And I've used it for a lot of things now, like deep work in the morning, strategy sessions, whatever else I need to do. It's working really well for me. And I find just thinking through each of those elements, like how can you set a mood for yourself for deep work? What are the things you need to do? And then it only takes a couple minutes. And then you're like, you've triggered this boot up sequence in your body, oh which God. is so cool. I love this so much. I feel like I almost... I never had language for this, but I feel like I do this instinctively. Mm. Like if I have something, I remember there was this one time I had to do a presentation on the Monday and on the Saturday I had like a really big party. It was like my birthday or something. This was years ago. This is back in London. And I used to love going to Starbucks to write like when I was in <laughs> London. And I remember it was like after my party and I just went to Starbucks and I hadn't even started on my <laughs> presentation. <laughs> this again, I'm also not like a person to be overly worried about presentation. So I guess that's mm -hmm. also a factor. And I just went to Starbucks, bought like the biggest giant coffee they had, sat down. And by the time I finished my coffee, I had also finished my presentation and I posted Amazing. it on my Instagram and all the people who were at my party were like, screw you, Happy. I barely made out of bed and you're out here writing presentations. <laughs> and I was like, sorry. <laughs> but also just even just this weekend, I had to like, I almost never work on weekends. It's like, I'm pretty strict about that. But there was this big yeah. deadline we had and I, I didn't mind. It was like a writing project and I love, actually love doing stuff like that. So I, it was really sweet. I did exactly that. I put a candle on, 
I put a, but it was in the evening, so I didn't drink Earl Grey. I just drank my lemon tea. Um, and I even had like sweets. I try not to have like sweets around the house, but I was like, I am working on a Saturday. I can have sweets. Um, (laughs) yeah, of course. (laughs) And I just sat and I had like a little blanket and I got my big headphones on. And what I love with focus mode is I liked listening to a whole album because I don't know if anyone relates to this, but I almost use music to measure time. I I do with Brain FM. Well, so it's a little bit different, but like I literally when I I'll do a fresh start on Brain FM and it is it has a timer going. But I think that's oh, not nice. quite the same thing that you're talking about. But like I it is how I measure time. Yeah, because there's like there's a couple of albums that like I know them so well. I almost am able just to have them on without really listening to them and they almost tune me in. And it gives me this instinctual sense of time. Like I'm not looking at a clock. I'm just like I, this literally happened to me on Saturday. I was listening to the album and I was like, oh no, we're getting to the latter half of the album. And it almost like (laughs) made me speed up a little bit. That's so cool. And so, yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I feel like I didn't know this was a thing where you could like boot up, but I feel like I do this. I'm like, all right, let me get my writing gear on. Or like, I used to do this when I, used to edit the show, I would have to do this whole little, because then by the time you've sat down, I also did this. I would not want to have to stand up again. I had to mm-hmm. make sure to have like a lip balm and a candle oh and a tea and a water and like, I didn't have everything ready. Yeah. I, I have absolutely done this over the years. I think it's just helpful to have like, here's exactly all the parts of this sequence. Like I used to have a specific, I remember when I was in university, um, because I was in one room like we had an apartment but it was quite small like my desk and my bed were right next to each other essentially like it wasn't like there was a lot of space and I used to try to to try and get myself into different modes I had this one sweater that I just decided was my writing sweater and I was like I only wear this when I'm writing it was like this big cozy sweater it didn't last for super long honestly (laughs) but it was like my that's the first time that I remember intentionally trying to do something around location or like, I guess in that case, touch of like, I have this specific sweater on before doing it. I've never thought about this, but yeah, I only, when I work from home, I only ever do it in like hoodies because sweaters, if you're leaning your hands against the desk, it like starts rubbing. Oh. So I prefer hoodies or like what do you call like a crew neck or something like that that is like a softer wow I didn't realize I had so many of course I have opinions on this but like I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that <laughs> I think the the Earl Grey tea one is one that I've done for a long time so like I try generally I try not to have meetings in the morning I try and block off two hours at the start of my day every day for at least like some deep work or like it sometimes it's not deep work sometimes it's just I just have a bunch of tasks to do before I start my meetings, but for those sessions, I almost always have Earl Grey tea with me. So I also kind of associate it with like focus and like getting stuff done and like I'm at my desk. And so on the weekends now, sometimes I still drink Earl Grey tea, but sometimes I need a different beverage because I'm like, no, Earl Grey tea is like yeah, exactly. my Monday through Friday, like my like work day and beverage. <laughs> oh my God. I definitely, yes, I definitely have that also. Oh my God. This is, yeah, that's so cool. I love that you have a like a formalized little ritual. I love a ritual. And I also feel like I realized now that I work so much in like meetings and with teams and I love all that, but I feel like it's such a treat when I get to just like work on something. 
myself. And I'm like, I have this funny thing, like people at my work that I don't know why, they, how they can stand me. I, I do this because I try to be communicative that like, don't talk to me <laughs> essentially, because I'm going to do some focus work. And I like put my giant headphones on and I'm like, I got putting headphones on. I always like say something just to be like, don't talk to me now. <laughs> I feel like headphones over the ear, big over the ear headphones are actually a really good, hey, I'm mm -hmm. going into focus mode. Not mm -hmm. only signal for people around you, but just for me now, I have AirPods and I have over the ear headphones and I'll do the over the ear headphones when I want to focus. The, the AirPods are just for meetings. <laughs> yeah, I actually realized, yeah, when I was working this weekend, I, I had my giant over the ear headphones because it was like, my writing headphones, you know, of course I need them to write. Okay, just to get back to Simon's question, he had a question or a question within a question. He asked specifically about our tech setups, like big screen versus laptop kind of thing. And then there's also another one. I'm curious, Haley, you actually kind of answered this already, where when you're hyper-focused, you like to only have the thing you're working on open. Uh, but he asked if like, are we closing down emails or stuff like during the day and then opening it up deliberately during the day? Do you want to answer that for you? And then maybe just quickly go over your setup, like tech setup? Yeah, I think so. I used to have a much more specific approach to this where I always checked email first thing in the morning and answered any immediately and then carved out time at the end of the day to like go through and answer the rest of my emails. That was when I was at a place where I could get to inbox zero every day. And I kind of needed to sometimes to my, I'm in a different spot right now where like one, the amount of email that I have is overwhelming. And two, it's actually not necessary that I answer all of them. It's just like not a requirement for some of the stuff that I'm doing, but I do still start the day. I check email, look for anything urgent and close it down. And then I'll probably, I'll do like one more. If I have time, this doesn't happen every day. Now it's only happening a few times a week, like a focused session where like the entire purpose is just getting through email, but I'm not a person who responds really quickly. The start of, for just like check-ins with stuff, the start of my day, this is on my daily notion template. I have the three tools, like two of them are internal tools that we use to communicate. And then the one, the other one is email that I just do. Like I have a checkbox for like, okay, did you check Slack? Did you check threads, which is another tool that we use? And then did you check email? I just make sure to do a glance of those at the beginning of every single day so that I'm not missing anything urgent. But so that's kind of my approach there. I feel like email is just one that I have come to accept that I cannot stay on top of at this point, but for tech setup, I I do have a monitor. I have an external monitor. And we can link to all of this. So I don't know if you want me to read the names out, Happy. I don't know. Not do for my sake. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you don't care. And like, I'll, we can link to it. But so I have an external monitor that I connect my laptop to every day. I was super resistant to getting an extra monitor because Habby knows this. I want everything to be minimal and simple. I don't like extra things. I don't like stuff crowding in my vision. And so I was very resistant to getting a monitor. And then unfortunately, my husband was correct. I do love it. It is fantastic. It's yeah. like a 25-inch um, monitor. I just love it. I love having the extra space and being able to have multiple things open when I'm working on something that needs two pages open. It's awesome. I have it on a stand that like 
lifts. It's like an arm. So this is important because my desk has a standing desk converter on it. And so I can, like my desk is a normal desk, but then on top of it sits this standing desk converter that I can like essentially hold down a tab and pull the desk up to be a standing desk. And to have the monitor on this arm means that I can like adjust the monitor when I'm standing to be at a different level. Because when you're sitting versus when you're standing, you're kind of like different ways away from the screen. And then this also comes into play because I have a treadmill that I use underneath my desk too. And I can like, I was doing this, I was going through a task that like I essentially, I could walk while I did this task, but I needed the monitor to be like way closer to me than usual. Like, cause while you're on the treadmill, you're at a different distance again. So it's important to have all these things for me of like having the monitor stand, the monitor, and then the standing desk converter and the treadmill. Cause it's just like different modes of when I'm working. Wow. What do you do when you're walking? I, sometimes I do walking meetings first of all. Wow. The second one is like reviewing stuff where I don't need to write anything. I just need to review mm. and like either like click and drag something to the next section or click like a yes or no, or maybe write like we're good, but not write in-depth thoughts. Just like, okay, mm-hmm. I have a lot of stuff to review quickly. That does happen to me. So I'll walk and do that. And yeah, that's kind of it. Otherwise I find it's too difficult to walk. Like you can't like walk and yeah. write or anything like that. Like or like, yeah, 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 so walking meetings and walking if I'm doing quick tasks that I'm just like moving stuff around, oh God, but I don't need to type nice. very much. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then, yeah, I'll include like I do an external, obviously an external keyboard because my laptop is normally closed next to my monitor. I do the trackpad instead of the mouse from Apple. And then I use over the ear headphones, preferably. I... Well, I love having everything closed when I'm like focused. And when I start my day, I love what I love about my daily journal system is I can just write everything down in there. And so it's, this is another thing that has been difficult for me in the past, but I feel like I'm on the other side of, and if anyone is listening and is like, how do you do that? Trust me, it was a whole big process to get there because my work is a tap collection kind of work. There's just always mm-hmm. a million things. And because I can just write stuff super easily down and it doesn't have to go into a fancy system, it actually makes it a lot easier for me to close my tabs. And I also feel like if it's important, don't just keep it in a tab, like write it down somewhere or make oh, a note of it sure. or revisit it or something. And because sometimes it's hard to like categorize where does that go, it's lovely just to have a place just to throw it all in there and then you can just close everything down. And I've been in pretty good routine just to restart my computer every day, which is amazing because then it means all the tabs are closed. And then it also means I'm intentionally opening the tabs I want to have open. What it also does mean because, and this is why, is that there's almost nothing I can do where I can have my emails closed. If Mm. Well, obviously if I'm doing like a writing project, I can have my emails closed, but for almost everything else, because there's so often things I need to reference from emails or because I have to send emails or I have to request something. I've tried a million times just to be like, oh, let me close down my email. And then like 24 seconds later, I'm like, actually, I need to open up my email again. So I've learned it just doesn't really. But the thing is, I feel like I'm almost becoming too casual with email sometimes because um, 
oh, I have actually a whole big thing on email. This is another episode kind of conversation because sometimes I'm like, I look at my email and I'm like, none of this has to be replied to right away. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather just work like on what I set the priority to be. So it's a really hard, it's been really hard for me to transition from like, oh, I want to be helpful. We talked about this a little bit last time also, like I want to be helpful and I want to respond to everything and I want to blah, blah, blah. But sometimes I'm just like, I can't, I can't do that. I have other stuff to do. And sometimes I even get frustrated when people ask me things that are easily locatable information, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like the other day someone was supposed to be in a meeting with us and they were like, oh, where's your office? Because we moved office. And I was like, it's in all of our email signatures and it is on the internet and it is on the, and you know what the- I mean? Like, oh, and it was on the calendar invite. I'm like, just look at the calendar invite. Like, don't make me reply your email mm-hmm. and tell me, you know, because then I've actually told you twice because also I'm making such. I mean, I want to be a lovely person, but sometimes I just get so drained by these requests like that yeah because it's just like yeah so I've I've become less nice over the years which is a little bit sad I think it's just kind of essential because or else people walk all over at least in my experience people walk all over you and just make like unrealistic requests and they start to just put too much on you yeah what was your what was the phrase your husband had where it was like something that was like the fact that you're disorganized doesn't create my emergency but he had it like in a catchier way he said something along the lines of like i think your emergency isn't my urgency or something like that your emergency isn't my priority oh yeah your urgency isn't my emergency or something like that he had like a catchy way of saying it i will i will ask him and see if he can remember what it was because i don't actually remember the words but that sentiment has just become crystallized in my body i am now almost (laughs) immune to like the fact that someone else is not organized i'm like don't make that my problem just do not make that my problem like that is not my problem um you lit up when he said that like you lit up of like (laughs) you were like yes that's it (laughs) i was like that is my mantra (laughs) (laughs) we don't have the exact words but we know what he said (laughs) yeah it was just embody it was too powerful for me to remember (laughs) the exact words you were too focused on just being like yes (laughs) this is is what i've waited my whole life to to embody those words yeah um but yeah in terms of my setup i have I don't know. It's I I have a MacBook Pro that I use and then I have an iMac at the office. Oh, I didn't know you have an iMac at the office. I thought you always worked from your MacBook. No, I've had an iMac for a long time. Hmm. See, learning new things. Yeah, it's so funny. I think I never care about these things, but then I want nice things because <laughs> there were like some screens floating around the office and I'm like, I'm not using any of these screens. <laughs> like, I'm going to get an iMac. <laughs> and luckily I was able to just like borrow someone's iMac. So I don't know what model. It's like an old one, but it's still nice. It's not like the new colored one. I really want one of those. Mm. Um, if I had a home office, I would absolutely have a colored iMac. Um, 
I don't even know what you're talking about. I am so, (laughs) I am so out of the loop. Like I so don't care that I'm like, I'm like, oh, there's colored ones. That's cool. (laughs) I'm going to send you that one right now. I don't even know how, because I think we're all on airplane mode. Just Google iMac colors and I'm sure it's going to come up. Oh, they are really pretty. Wow. I actually, I have a huge crush on them, but I don't even know which one I want, but that's totally fine because I don't have on home office so it's not a priority for me to get one it's not a priority oh yeah so well i use but then i do have a standing desk in the office but i have never gotten the hang of getting into the habit of using a standing desk because also often i wear shoes where it's not good for me to stand in the shoes for a long time Mm. so i'm still learning how to kind of work with that that is still work in progress but yeah but then when i'm at home i just use my laptop i don't mind working from my laptop yeah, that, I think that's my tech setup. Yeah, you have a pretty simple. Well, I do think that we should shout out. I love the thing that you have on your laptop. That's like a little stand on the bottom of your laptop to just prop <gasps> it up. An oh, interview. yeah. It's very smart. Oh, this is essential. I want a brand partnership with them where we <laughs> have make work work ones. I've thought about this oh. for so long. I don't even know how to approach that. I don't know if they even do that, but I want to. So... I had this on my old laptop and then when I got a new one, I immediately bought this again and put it back. It's called Moft, M-O-F-T, and it's essentially a glorified sticker, almost like a cardboard sticker or something. But it's like, so it's attached to your computer, but it's almost like origami kind of foldy thing. So you can fold it in a where it like props it up a little bit. So it has to setting so it can be propped up a little bit or it can be propped up a lot and I never don't have it on I like open my laptop prop it up the origami thing and it's so cool and they call it the world's first invisible laptop stand because (sighs) once it's closed you actually can't tell that it is there and because I've had it on a previous laptop and I took it off that one like if you take it off it gets ruined it's kind of like you attach it and then you leave it on but like it left no residue or anything on the computer. So it doesn't ruin the computer. And it's so cool. And I love it. And it's like $25. It's like the best $25 so cool. I've ever spent. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. It just like, so you just attach it to the bottom of the laptop. And then it's almost like the origami part is like you can pop these feet out almost. And then the back end of the laptop is propped up a little bit more. And the front end stays on the table. And then you just have like an elevated, a little bit of an elevated laptop. It makes all the difference. It, may, it, it genuinely does make a huge difference. And because maybe yeah. because I'm so laptop, I'm so comfortable on the laptop, it's just still nice to have it like a little bit elevated. Yeah. Like the screen, I mean. And yeah. it's not annoying for typing. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's one of the best products I have. I love it. The second part sort of of Simon's question that was really interesting is he sort of starts talking about the virtual co-working platform that he's trialing where you're kind of in a virtual room and then you're kind of like getting that office feel without actually being in one and I think that's really interesting just the concept of accountability systems in remote Mm -hmm. work but then also just the concept of like how are you keeping yourself in check when you're doing your work which is a good question, like, because not everyone is. Yeah, and I think the subtext of this, 
This is actually what I love about this question because it's long, but it it covers a lot of things. And yeah, I think everyone can relate to because then even once you've set your intention and you know what you want to do, the kind of context or the subtext of this question is like, well, how do you make sure you actually do it? That is kind of the question. And there are yeah. like, I actually find this virtual co-working um, concept really interesting. And yeah, so, so how do you like, so you've set your intention, you know what you want to do. How do you kind of make sure to just, sounds like such a stupid question, but like, how do you just make sure you actually do it? Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds so basic, but it's also so easy to have a bunch of good intentions and then not do those things. <laughs> um, I think, so one of the things is that I personally would describe myself and would like consider myself as like really self-motivated and really self-disciplined. And I think that because of that, it makes it easier to hold myself accountable versus like looking to the outside for accountability systems. This sort of relates to something that we've talked about a lot, which is the four tendencies from Gretchen Rubin of like, uh, it's like outer expectations and inner expectations. Like, which are you better at holding yourself accountable to? And I think people who aren't good at holding themselves to internal expectations might struggle a bit more with accountability on their own versus like needing assistance. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just, there's different ways of doing things. You just have to know this about yourself to be able to move things forward. Right. So I personally find that I'm kind of good. Like I've never really had a problem with this. I remember I have this really vivid memory of, it was like less than a year into my work at Buffer and I was traveling and I was hanging out at a friend's house and she still lived with her family. And so her parents were around and we were on the West coast time zone, which is my least favorite time zone because you're behind everyone. And, and like, I just felt like everyone was on the East coast or they were in Europe and like I was waking up and so much was happening. I, I didn't love it. And so I, when I was at her house would wake up really early to get online a little bit earlier so that I was online when I needed to be doing things and kind of like work throughout the day and then end my work early also. And it worked really well because like we were going exploring and stuff like that. But I remember it was like 7 a.m. and her mom came downstairs and I was like to get breakfast and to go to work. And I was already at the their dining room table like set up and doing work. And she just came downstairs and she paused and she looked at me and she was just like, you're really self-disciplined, aren't you? And I think she was just thinking through the fact that like, you know, I'm in this fun place and I'm hanging out with my friends, but I'm also just making sure that I get my work done. That's always stuck with me of like a story of like remembering. And I was like, yeah, I think I am quite. So all that to say, I think I'm quite good at this. I don't know if I have the best answer for how I keep myself accountable other than like I write down the intentions and I just like, I'm pretty good at doing it when I do need to check in with people or when I want to feel like I'm getting extra accountability. Um, I've done something where in Slack back and forth, with a colleague, we'll just say like, what are the three things you need to get done today? Cause like, you know, obviously I'm not saying that I'm perfect and that I have this all figured out. Like there are days when I know I need to get three things done and I don't want to do any of those three things. And it's useful <laughs> to have someone checking in with you to be like, Hey, do those things. So like, I'm not saying that it's always perfect, but I've done something on Slack where we'll check in and just literally do that. Say like, what are the things you want to get done today? And like message each other every time we've gotten something done. And I really liked doing that, but I haven't really reached for any of that lately. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of good. Although the idea of like a virtual 
accountability, like virtual co-working session, I feel like I would get so much done. Like I think yeah. I recently have started going to a co-working space really spontaneously. And when I'm there, because other people are so focused on work, I am extra focused on work. And so I do feel like it's easier to work for me when I'm at a co-working space. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not going to get distracted. Like everyone else is working. We're in work mode. I'm going to get stuff done. So I'm kind of interested, but I've actually never joined a virtual co-working, but yeah. What about you, Habby? How do you like hold yourself accountable, keep yourself in check? I don't know. I feel like where things break down for me when they do break down when this happens, you know, like, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's because I'm like over committed. So I feel like this is also like probably not very helpful because like this is like something that is just so innate. This is a little bit like we were talking about with the strength finder. It's just like, I'm just a driven person. I just want to get stuff. I, I just moved and I want the house to be good immediately. And then it takes longer than immediately. And then I'm like, okay. And I just work really hard. And then I have that with work. Like I put up content calendars and I do all sorts of stuff and I just want things to go and I can't really explain that. That's just like a personality trait, I feel like. And yeah. my fl my flaw is not that I'm not motivated or disciplined. My flaw is more that I take on too many things. That would be where <laughs> I where things break down for me. Um, so it's hard for me to, to like, like I am not like, uh, you know, like for me, the worst job I could have in the world is like, standing in a shop and no one ever comes to the shop like that's my idea of how like I could I remember I had friends who's who were doing stuff where like they had to stay overnight they were essentially like a housekeeper or something and they would just have to stay there like that's all their whole job and they would just study or just be on Facebook or whatever and they felt like they got such a good gig because they didn't have to do anything and I was like I would go mad. I would absolutely go mad. Yeah. Yeah. I ex exact same boat. I actually did that in school. I at one point worked for a store and I just needed to be there and it wasn't always super busy. And oh, I just brought my laptop and like was working on school stuff at the same time or was doing all these other things. Like I was like, I can't just sit here and be in the store I obviously need to do other things. I would come I, to work with like an alternate to-do list. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like, and also because I like being in flow is actually something I really enjoy and I really love. Um, I feel like my, my problem is more like, how do I create more of that time? Because I love it. Mm. So, but saying all of that. I agree. Having like a virtual co-working. I have tested some before and I actually really like them because it's, it's again, it's just this hyper intentionality. That is something that works really well for me to just be really clear what matters, what has to happen now. And like we were talking about in the beginning, we're like, okay, there's a bunch of stuff that needs to happen. How do we shuffle them around? So they're in the best order for things to get done and then just go. I feel like once yeah. I've set up where I'm going, I'm not going to sit down and have a snack. You know, I'm just like, let's go, you know. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I feel like we, as people who were working remotely before it was cool, <laughs> <laughs> like we were, 
we were on Zoom or on video calls or doing stuff like before Zoom was a big name. And I'm mm-hmm. all that to say, I just think that like we got ourselves into that environment because it played to our strengths. We weren't mm-hmm. put into that environment. This was something that worked for us and for how we like to work. So I think it makes sense that both of us are pretty solid on accountability systems. And I feel like the answer to this is very different if you're someone who prefers to be in the office for really valid reasons of like, I need to be around other people while I'm doing work. I want to be in a place of work. I want to disconnect fully from work when I come home. Like my husband is like this and I, so I get it. Like other, there are different ways of doing things. And for that kind of person to then need to be working remotely or to work from home, for sure, there are different systems that you need to put into place because it's not your strength or it's not your default setting. Like, I feel like you and I both got jobs or at least, you know, we've had roles where we operate, we're operating in the way that we want to be operating in. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that plays to our strengths and makes everything easier. And when you're not doing that, when you're not operating the way that you want to be operating, maybe you want to be in the office and you're not in the office. Like I could see how that would be absolutely a struggle. So yeah, that's that maybe just a pin and a note in that of like, we both have a really different approach to this. And that's, that's kind of, or like we are maybe more, more focused on holding ourselves accountable than, than others. I don't know. I don't think this is coming out the way I'm trying to say it. <laughs> no, I think you're actually spot on. And it's it's so funny because in Iceland, because it's obviously like working, like when I was in London, I was able to be around a lot of people who like work in tech and they understand this language. And obviously when you move to a smaller place, there's just less of those types of people. And so I feel like work from home here is almost like code word for like not working. It's like a day off, like, oh, oh you're going to work from home or like, oh, you're going to finish your day at home or something. It's like you're slacking off. It kind of means that. And it's so funny because it for me, it doesn't mean that. But then yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be like, well, let me tell you, you know, so. Um, but I think you're absolutely correct. And I can see how like some people, you know, how people post on stories and stuff they are dying working at home and like it's yeah it doesn't make their spirit sing you know but I, f- I feel like I'm a person I love space to work and I love space to work in my own way and I I feel like I thrive in an environment where I as a person have a lot of trust like I don't want to have to be like, I am working now. Like, I just want people to trust that I do my job. And obviously I deliver whatever I have to deliver. But this kind of like, when people almost, oh, hey, you haven't worked in an office for so long. But I feel like sometimes (laughs) people get like competitive about how early they come into the office. Oh, I remember that. And how late they stay. Oh my God. That is like, that is everything in the world that I hate. I am like, I don't want that. I don't like any of that. I just want, and I feel like also with the people I work with, this, there should be a word for this. It's almost like performative work. It's like, look at me, I am working. It's like, Mm. I actually find it really annoying. And I, because you can tell, like, you can tell if we are like, all right, here are all the things we agree to do. And then like a week passes. And if none of it is done, like that is so different. And then to have this person where like, like even just with between the two of us, I almost never know when you're specific. Well, I sometimes know because we post in Slack and stuff, but I just trust that you do whatever you agreed to do. 
and I don't need to know like now I'm doing this now I'm doing this other thing now I'm doing this you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean I I feel like I've had a lot of conversations where there's like a different approach from an organizing organizational standpoint there's sometimes a different approach of um the way that I think about it is like are is your organization results focused like exactly what you're saying hey here's five projects move them forward if next time we chat like you know, the unspoken thing is if next time you chat, you haven't moved any of them forward, obviously that's a problem. Like you're taking Mm -hmm. on a certain level of things. So are you going to be results focused versus I think the other one is being like time focused of like how many hours have you been at the office? It's like, it actually doesn't matter how many hours you've been at the office. It matters what your output was. Mm -hmm. And some people don't think that they think of it as in terms of like hours, like I've, worked this many hours versus like I got these things done. And I think that the focusing on the output and the results is actually a lot better overall and just healthier. It's so much, it's so much. I actually was just pulling up some data from last year for my work and we worked with seven contractors last year. And I remember for like some of them, things would just happen and especially parents, they are like jumping in on their emails at all hours of the day because they sometimes have to pick up their kids during the workday and then they do stuff in the evenings and there's just like a flurry of emails at like random hours. And then there are other people and I, I always found this so strange where like we're in the middle of something as like a team. I love collaborating with people. I love working with people and I love working on big projects with a lot of different people. I find something really cool where a project is so big, you almost don't see like the kind of touch of any one person, like something just happened and you don't even really know how it happened. It just happened because (laughs) everyone was just kind of pushing it forward and just like becomes like magic to me how that all came together. And so you're in this space and everyone's kind of flowing as a, as a collaboration. And then someone's like, all right, my six hours today are done. And they just like walk out and I'm like, what? Like, what a, like, what do you mean you're walking out now? Like, like I find, but this is, I, I mean, everyone is different. And like, I just noticed that like, I think really differently from some people. And then there are other people who I collaborate with really easily because there's just like similar approach. Trust is like so built into the collaboration. And like, I just love, you know, it's just so helpful to be able to kind of know what works for your circumstance. Yeah. 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 I agree. But then, yeah, I do. I do. I actually kind of when I, because we, we went to a co-working space when I was visiting you and I was like, God, I actually really miss co-working spaces because they're such a special yeah. place. They're like, everyone's here just to do some work. They have good energy. That co-working mm-hmm. space has really good energy near me too. And I like big windows. I really liked it. Yeah. I think that I love that concept of like, sometimes it's just useful to be in that environment of like, we're all getting work done next to each other. This is really Mm -hmm. nice. And like, I, I have never tried a virtual coworking group, but I think I would be up for it. Just knowing that like the energy would be good. (sighs) Maybe we should try it sometime. I would actually be really curious know if anyone of our listeners will be interested in doing something like that 
Maybe like I would a be so curious. make work work study hall kind oh. of to bring it back to like the life <laughs> admin book or or just virtual co-working. I don't know. There's maybe a way to do this. So let us know in the comments of this show note if you are up for make work work study hall. Yes, we don't actually know any of the logistics or the details. We're just curious. If, <laughs> essentially, we don't want to plan one if no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, with we'll, each we'll other. do it. But if, <laughs> if there's interest, we can maybe see if we can organize something. That would be so fun. That would be so cool. And then just like not say, this is my favorite thing. It's like I used to, oh my God, I used to do this in London all the time. I would invite people all the time, all the time on like co-working dates where we would just go to a cafe or I would bring people into my co-working space in London and I would just invite people to come work with me because it's mm-hmm. just such a easy way to fit something in your calendar because you're just working and you have to work anyway. And there's like a lot of people loved it and it was so fun to bring people to my co-working space and of course going to cafes and everything is super fun. And then there was like every now and then someone was like, oh, you actually meant we're just going to work? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the working part is also important in the co-working. You can't just hang out. Not, not co-working. <laughs> you can hang out afterwards or you can go yeah. for lunch or like a drink or something if it's in the evening. But yeah. So let us know if we should do something like that. Um, and then speaking of our listeners, Haley, do you want to tell people? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I I think it's very cool. We have, so because we moved to the new website and we're getting new people who are signing up as subscribers, thank you again so much. On the back end, we can see for some folks what country they're signing up from. <laughs> and if you've been a longtime listener, you know that we're kind of obsessed with all the different countries and like knowing all the countries where our listeners are. We can get some of that data it's not always all available. And so this is like a new place where we can kind of get data. So if you subscribe, it's not for everyone. So I think some people maybe have like stricter what cookies they share, which completely is valid and makes sense. Some people's privacy settings are really good. (laughs) Yeah, some people can't see it. But some people you can see what country they're from. So we wanted to shout out. By the way, we're not collecting any data on anyone. It's just... We just have people's email address that they voluntarily give to us. And for some of them, there's also like a country tag. That's, that's all we have. I didn't even know that we had this until we went in there. No, I I didn't. Oh, that's cool. So I didn't like, this isn't intentional, but it's a fun bonus. So we wanted to shout out some of the countries from all of our new members who have subscribed. So thank you for subscribing and maybe you will recognize your country. Yes. If you're Privacy settings aren't super strong. <laughs> yeah, if we don't shout out your country and you signed up to comment, it's, you, you're good. You're private. <laughs> or there's multiple people per country. So like, I don't know, it could, be, yeah. could go either way. Okay. But so we had folks sign up from Nigeria and Kenya mm-hmm. and Canada. Woo. <laughs> yes. And Personal Germany. Excitement. And oh. Colombia, where Haley actually briefly lived. Isn't that correct? Yeah, for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. The and then India, which is very cool. I don't mm-hmm. remember seeing a listener from India before. So that's fun. And then the UK and then the US. And yeah. we actually, because 
we live in a U.S. biased world. That's a fact. Um, they break it down by state and we got seven states there. I thought that was quite cool because I've mm-hmm. lived in many states in the U.S. now, many states, more than I ever expected to live in. And so <laughs> it's just cool to see that we're in seven. So we have folks from North Carolina, New York, California, Georgia, Minnesota, Ooh. Texas, and Oregon. So thank you to all of our new subscribers. And yeah, so fun to have all, all these folks from all over the world. Yeah, this is a good spread of states as well. I really like it. Yeah, yeah, very good spread of states. Yeah, so thank you everyone who is a member on our website. It just means when the episode is out, we email it to you. Um, and then you can comment on the show notes and you can just kind of interact with the listeners there. So thank you everyone for signing up to be a member. That's so fun. And I'm glad your country was visible because this was super fun to <laughs> discover. We actually just discovered this. I didn't even know we had it. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And then, of course, we have to say thank you to Jan, who mixes the audio of this podcast and is in Germany. So yes. also sh- country shout out for Jan. <laughs> you can go to wearelisteners.com to learn more about working with Jan if you also have any audio mixing needs. Hold on one second. I dropped my pen while we were talking and also my pen is running out of ink. So I just need like two seconds. To- <laughs> you need a new pen. I need to grab this one off the ground. You need a backup pen while we record. Clearly. Two is one and one is none. Yeah. <laughs> you the military sayings today. I know. I love the military sayings. Okay. Oh my gosh. And I'm like rolling the chair. They have managed to crystallize a lot of truth into catchy phrases. I have a lot of respect for that.